Good morning. We had a great week um, at conference, uh, district conference, or PAOC, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, Canada. District conference was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, it was just a good time for church leaders across the district to, to come together and to, to believe uh, God to speak to us on a kind of a regional level. And I believe he did. And uh, just some really good things came out of that. Just some inspiring things come out of that. And uh, so it kind of puts me in, in a place of, of uh, just really uh, wanting to pause and ask God to have his way, as he always does in our midst. But can we just pray? God, I thank you for your spirit. And Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. And God, in the midst of your people this morning, God, we just pray your spirit would come and, and move as it already has, as it already is. But God, I'm, I'm praying for life over this assembly this morning, over this gathering of people, over this church, Lord, that, that God, your, your spirit would somehow take the words that I speak, Lord, and, and, and translate them into what people need to hear. So God, we're, we're trusting you this morning. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you this morning to have your way and to speak in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in week three, our, uh, third week of our three-week series, our, our last week in the series called My Faith, My City, My Church. Faith is our foundation. City is our mission. And church is our calling. And I hope that you've been stirred in your faith, in your relationship with God. And I, I pray that you're being refreshed in that over the last few weeks as we talked about that. I hope that together we can take ownership of our mission to reach our city and beyond with the good news of Jesus Christ. And be empowered by the Spirit to witness and to, to bring God into the circle of influence that each of us have. Because we each have our Jerusalem that we talked about last week, our, our world where, where God has placed us, where he's given us influence. This week, I want to talk about my church. Because I believe that church is our calling. And that may sound strange to some, but it depends on how you see church, right? Like if, if you, depending on how you look at what church is. Because for us, when I say church is our calling, I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about an address. It's people. We, we don't go to church. We're called to be the church. Like collectively, together here and across our city, people gathering in the name of Jesus. It's a community. It's a body made up of many different parts. It's a local assembly. It's a family. But just as important, it's by God's design and under God's divine authority for God's plans and purposes. Because when you think about it, a street gang is a gathering of people. A street gang would even, the people that are a part of it would even say, yeah, we're family. But they don't operate under the authority of God and, and they're not called together and assembled in a way that God would do that. So it's important that we recognize God in the midst of it. I want, to, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 16. If you have a Bible with you, that's great. If you don't, it'll be on the screens. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, we're going to be starting in, in verse 16. So Matthew 16, 16. But he, Peter 
It's, it's where Peter declares who Jesus is. And, and, and Jesus is with his, his disciples and they're gathered around and they're, he's, he starts by asking them like, so I'm curious, gentlemen, who do people say that I am? And that's, he starts with that. He kind of broads these. He says, what are people saying? What are you hearing? It's interesting. There's, there's, what's, what's, yeah. What are you seeing on Facebook? And so they, they get back to him. They, well, like, and they do this list of, of dead prophets, right? Like, you know, Elijah and all these, it's like, which is kind of a bizarre thing to like the man standing right. Well, some of them think you're Elijah and he's Okay. And of course, if you, if you read the Old Testament, there's different things that, that come out of that. But, so then he brings it in a low, little closer to home and he says, yeah, okay, all right, all right, I get that. But who do you say that I am? Like, what's, what are you getting from this? What, what's been revealed to you? And I love how Simon Peter answers in Matthew 16, 16. Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So it's like, oh, you are the Messiah. So, so Peter's declaring this. And, and Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden or bound in heaven. And whatever you permit or loose on earth will be permitted in heaven. Speaking of spiritual authority. So, so, so Peter says, or so Jesus says, Peter, you're, you've got it. You're, you're, you're understanding like it's been revealed. Like you've, you've heard what God is saying. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus says, my church. Now you can take that to mean that he will build his church on the proclamation that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. You can take that to mean that the church is built on Peter himself, the apostle Peter. I mean, we read in Ephesians chapter two, verse 20, that the church is described there as we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. So you can kind of see that, that it means that the church is built on Jesus and, and, and these different leaders, but. Regardless of how you interpret the identity of the rock in verse 18, I want us to recognize that the church that Jesus is building is on a firm foundation. He is building it and that it is his church. He's building on a firm foundation. He is building it and it's his church. So when I say my church, when we say our church, we mean his church. We recognize it's his church. It's like, we're not trying to take it back from him or anything like that. It's a part of something, but it's like, it's all part of that. And then he goes on to distribute, distribute authority in and through the church, through its people. But it's by God's design, under God's divine authority for God's plans and purposes. That's my church. And that's what we get to be a part of this morning. That's the church. There's a prominent church leader in the U.S. That, that was known to say and often said, the local church is the hope of the world. And uh, I've said it myself. And I, I get what he was saying and I get what he means. But I want to say that Jesus is the hope of the world. And the church is the vehicle through which the message of hope is carried to the world. 
It's a little bit different, but you know what? I don't put my hope in the church or even in church leaders, of which I am one. I put my hope in Jesus. Because when we, when we kind of get it the other way around, it's like it, it gives us an opportunity to be disappointed because we're people. There's a whole bunch of people in here. Whole bunch of opportunities for disappointment. <laughs> I know, it's a life-giving, life, life-giving message so far. It's like, thank you, Glenn. I'm feeling encouraged. I'm not saying you are a disappointment. <laughs> but when we elevate people to the place where Jesus should be elevated, we get to a place where there's a chance where someone could let us down. But the church, the church, I love the church. I, I, I've given my life for the church. I mean, the, ch- the church is, is what I live for through what God has called me to live for. It's a privilege to be part of his church. It's God's instrument giving audible voice to the call to the people to come to him. It's through us. It's through his people. And I love that. It's like, you know, you, sometimes you, you hear... and. and and somewhat justified, okay? It's somewhat justified, but sometimes you hear people say, well, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. Or Jesus is cool, but, you know, like, just, I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with the church. Now, again, I, the church has not always done a good job of representing Christ. But that's, that's kind of like, you know, a friendship with somebody else isn't going to go too far when they say, hey, man, you're okay, but I can't stand your wife. Right? I mean, you, gotta, you may start a friendship there, but it's going to be strained, okay? And, and the church is called the bride of Christ. So if you say, I, you know, Jesus and me are good, but I can't stand his bride. Okay, just, we'll go there. Anyway, you get it, right? Some people are nodding. Some people are going, what's he talking about this morning? No, it's good. God's good. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Um, I want to kind of go there. And, and, and really unpack this a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and, and down through. And so Paul is speaking here. He writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. And it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. So this is, this is Paul speaking, and he's in jail at this point for spreading the gospel. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. God. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the believers in the city of Ephesus. So if we, if we extrapolate that a little bit, as we point that, like he's talking to the church, he's talking to, to us. He says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called. The people that make up the church in Ephesus. So anyway, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Unity, unity, unity. One, one God, one baptism, unity. However, all right, there's a whoever. He's given each one of us a special gift. 
through the generosity of Christ. And that's why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. I mean, this clearly means that Christ also descended into our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire, entire universe with himself. So it talks about the transcendence of God. It's like Jesus has covered it all. He's taken care of it all. From the depths to the heights, it's filled with Christ. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, to build up the church. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standards of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children, we won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Wow. Thanks, Paul. So I could stop there and we could just process that for the rest of the millennium. But there's more. Faith, city, church. Faith is our foundation. City is our mission and church is our calling. You know, sometimes when we look through our own lens, whether it be through offense or history or just different things that we've experienced along the journey, we can often see things a certain way and because of the lens that we look through, we don't even realize that we're seeing things a certain way. And I think one of the things that Paul is talking about here is, is recognizing that the church, as it gathers people together, there's good reason at times to speak about really loving one another. He mentions the idea of being humble and gentle, making allowances for each other's faults. You know, sometimes we get this impression that the church should be full of perfect people. Right? It's like, well, you go to church, you must be perfect. Well, you know what I'm saying. And sometimes the struggle with that is that when we find that people aren't perfect, we're somehow disappointed with God. And in the midst of it, we're sometimes disappointed with church. I get that. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. It's got volunteer written across the back of it. But this morning, I want us to really embrace what God has called us to 
in the unity of what he's talking about. I love the fact that this is such a diverse church. And it's not just diverse in, in where people have come from and gathered here. There's like, there's got to be at least 30 countries represented here this morning, which I think is fantastic. I think it's a picture of heaven. But there's also a diversity in beliefs. <laughs> Honestly, I've often said that there's as many different belief systems in a room as there are Christians. And, that, and that's, we recognize that, and that's okay, but there's a fundamental unity that, that, that Paul is talking about here in Ephesians. It's like, yes, there, there's diversity. There's even diversities of opinions and what you, we believe and so on like that. He says, but we're called to be unified. By, and it's like the decision to be unified and the decision to be connected to one another there is given to us. He says, bind yourselves to one another. I mean, we can pray, God... Bind us together. And he, and he does. And he says, but he says, I want you to do it. <laughs> I want you to bind yourselves to one another. I'm getting totally off script. But okay, I better get back. But there's a sense of community that we long for. There's a sense of belonging that we long for. And I believe that one of the greatest expressions of that on the planet is found in the local church. You've been called by God. And you're like, you must mean the person sitting next to me. And it's like, no, no, no. No, I mean you. You, you have been called by God. Church is not a spectator sport. And Paul takes away the excuses when he says, everyone has a part, and as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. I love that. I love that. Here, here's another kind of free challenge. It's like, if, if you're wishing that the person next to you would grow, and if it's your spouse, don't look at them. No, don't make eye contact. You just wish, okay, I wish that person would grow. The, cha the, the challenge that Paul throws is out here, it's, okay, do your part. Do your part. Do your part. Understand what your part is. Do your part, and you'll see it happen. Do your part, and you'll see it happen. Each unique gift in community and unity. Oh, each unique, but not separate. It's name tag Sunday. No, but I look around. I look around and I see a room full of names. I see people with names. And each one representing a person that God created with unique gifts and possibilities that he loves completely. You have a name. You are a person that God created. You are called and you are part of something bigger than yourself. God sees you this morning. Somebody might be here thinking that they are invisible. Maybe even invisible to God. Well, if God really saw me, if God could see where I'm at, then God sees you. Not only does he see you, he knows you by name. He has called you by name. And your name means something to him, to the church, and to the city. I mean, I speak life of you over you this morning. That, that hope, that possibility, that value that, that, that's attached to your name, that, that you would recognize that, that you would find peace in that, and you would, you would be stirred in that in who you are. Revelation chapter three, verse five. I don't know if I gave this one to the team or not, but Revelation three, five, Jesus is speaking. 
And as he speaks to the, he's written to the churches and he's speaking to the church and he says, all who are victorious will be clothed in white. I mean, that's showing the, the victory and the purity of the believers. And he says, I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. This is Jesus speaking in heavenly realms before the father. There's coming a day when Jesus will present us before the father and his angels by name. Not just in some weird blob form, like by name. Jesus is saying, I will acknowledge you before the Father by name. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of great churches in our city of many different flavors. And we as, as faith, we're unique. And that's okay. I mean, we should be. That's a good thing. <laughs> but I pray that the things that make us unique don't divide us from others. The church is bigger than us. And we get to be part of it. My church, my church, our church, his church. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting for me because it's like, I just went through four pages of notes in record time. And this is kind of where your pastor gets a little bit vulnerable. Not weird. Because there's two things that probably scare me the most in some ways. But one of them is when God says, do you trust me? And the other is when God says, what do you see? Do you trust me? What do you see? Sometimes, sometimes Corey, when we're praying, <laughs> he'll say, what do you see? What's God showing you? And most of the time it's like, shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> In love. <laughs> what do you see? I see a great future for this city and for this church. Not just because of people's determination, not just because of people's hard work, but because I believe the power of God is at work to transform this city through the local church. Not social programs, not civil laws, mm -mm, not even protests, but by the power of God at work in his people. It's a people of prayer. People, people that will allow themselves to hear the heart of God and press in to the heart of God and lift and cry and, and, and allow themselves to be broken before God. People willing to pray things like, your will be done, your, your kingdom come, your will be done in Halifax as it is in heaven. Yeah. To connect with the heart of God and intercede for the lost and pour their hearts out and believe for more. 
It's a church of people hungry for God and passionate in praise and worship, a people pregnant with possibility because of the power of God at work within them and through them and the presence of God in the midst of their lives. I see a group of people committed to the cause who refuse to settle for just showing up in a building on Sunday. But they're so hungry for God to move in their lives and the lives of those around them that they're willing to give of themselves even in the midst of their own brokenness. I see children, young children, developing a vibrant relationship with God and believing for the impossible because they haven't been convinced yet that it's not. That carry the power of God throughout their schools, into their families, that walk in obedience at a young age without compromising, filled with the love of Christ and moved with compassion. They don't have the baggage we have. They're not as cynical as we are. They walk in faith. I see a church of diversity, beautiful diversity in a city of diversity. Seeing everyone as God sees them and loving them as God loves them. I see patterns of unhealthy behavior broken, addictions overcome by the power of God, change broken as people find truth and allow that truth to set them free. It's a church of generosity. People give of their time, of their finances with thankful hearts. Sowing in faith, knowing that there will be a harvest if we do not give up. It's people of influence and affluence, finding purpose and significance that goes way beyond success. Taking what God's given them and leveraging it for kingdom purpose. And seeing God do things beyond what we could even think or imagine. I see broken marriages healed by the power of God and the wisdom of his word. I see youth encountering God. Experiencing the presence of God in such a way that they, they leave living for Jesus, unwilling to compromise. Missionaries in their homes, in their schools, living with hope and purpose for the cause of Christ, who against all odds press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus has ordained for them. Because they've met him, they've experienced him, they've been filled by him. I see seniors full of life and purpose pouring into the next generation with faith and love because it ain't over until it's over. <laughs> that's my church. That's, that's Faith City Church. That's our church. That's the church that he's building. And the powers of hell will not conquer it. Period. That's the team to come back. I'd like to ask the team to come back now. I mean, the worship team. <laughs> hey, it's okay to have fun, right? Yes. Okay, good. I'm in the wrong place if we can't. It's a church where people can know God, 
find community, and discover purpose. It's where we serve together. It's where we grow together. It's where we learn to, to, to get along and to get over things and to, to, to believe for things together as each one does their part. And each of you are called. Each of you has a part to play. I mean, just as an example, and it's like, I'll, I'll, as I do this, I'll, I'll draw your attention to, there's, a, there's serve cards in the seat backs in front of you and around everywhere. And that's, I want you to kind of take notice of those because even in the life of the church where we are now, we're believing for growth, we're seeing growth. And in that process, we're believing to build capacity and for God to grow teams and to, to, to see more and more and more people reach for the glory of God. For example, our Faith City Kids team, it's awesome, they're growing. Our team is like, it's all pretty much doubled in size, isn't it, over the last, but guess what? <laughs> so it's the kids ministry. And you know how Heather was talking about, you know, one can put a thousand to flight and two can, she's talking about kids. Like one kid can put a can have a thousand run around. Two, you need ten thousand. Okay, so so we're looking for, for volunteers, not to babysit. We're looking for people with a heart for the next generation that will sow seeds of faith into people that will actually in fertile soil that, where they can see young lives transformed, lights come on, from little kids. Pray for people in faith, watching people get healed because they don't know they can't. To invest in those kids, to believe for those kids, to save them some of the that we went through because they know and they understand who they are in Christ. It's about investing in the next generation. There's so many opportunities in the life of this church. There's community events coming up in November. As the calendar goes, sometimes November just gets crazy. And it's like, we've got one weekend where we've got, it's full. There's lots of things going on. And it's an opportunity for people to come along and you host, like we're hosting events. But it's like, it's an opportunity to be the face of Christ to our city that's coming to us. To reach out a hand, to serve, to love, to pick up a piece of garbage, to find somebody a seat and interface with our community. Start conversations, tear down walls, build bridges. There's, we need hosts, we need, we don't need such a needy word. I need, I need, I need. There are opportunities in tech, there's opportunities in worship. There's opportunity in children's and youth, like the life of the church. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. When you've sown seed, when you've prayed and wept over that seed, you can't help but believe for a harvest. And we're seeing growth. And I love that, but I'm believing for harvest. I grew up on a farm. Harvest is a celebration and it's hard work and you need all hands on deck and you need people that are called to be the church. That's you, that's me, that's us. So yeah, we can do an altar call and that's not to belittle an altar call, but you know what the response to this message this morning is? 
It's that decision, okay, is this my church? Is this his church? Is this our church? So, hey, if there's an area that you're interested in, why not respond by filling out a card? You can fill it out in your seats, whatever. Just drop it off at the back at Faith Next after the service. Our team will get back to you, try to get you plugged in. And hey, it's not a lifelong commitment or that you know, you're not committing your firstborn to do this. It's like, you know, try it out, find a place. If it fits, awesome. If it doesn't, we can make a, you know what I mean? It's like, let's give this a shot. The first thing that you try may not be the right thing, but that's okay. We've tried and we're working together. So anyway, that's that. Um, I think that's it. Let's stand to our feet. God, we stand together. God, we stand together as one this morning. Diverse, but unified. Called by you to be your church in this city. And God, we just lift up every other church across the life of this city and beyond that call you Lord and Savior. And Lord, we just pray for the outpouring of your power over every church. God, that they will be inspired, stirred up, empowered, and equipped to see the gospel of Jesus Christ transform neighbors and friends and areas of our city. God, as you hover over this province and over this region, God, help us to see what you see. Help us to hear what you hear and give us the courage to respond in obedience and faith, knowing God that it's, it's you that's at work and you've called us to be a part of the process. So God, we're excited for what, we're, what you're doing. We're excited that for our faith, that our faith is in you. We're, we're excited for our city because our city is our mission. And we embrace that and we carry that. God, we thank you for our church, your church that you are building and the powers of hell, the gates of hell, nothing of the enemy will conquer it because it's you that's building it. So God, continue to build us according to your plans and purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.